Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Jumpstart. My name is Kim Venegas. My mission is to support and encourage you as a teacher. I recently read an article on Education Week spotlighting a new book. I previewed the book, became discouraged by the litany of likely complaints within schools. We don't need to hear more bad news. The article grabbed my attention because how dare researchers and universities say that problems in education are to be blamed on the teachers? Did I misread it? I don't think so. I read it over a couple of times, but two or three university researchers are saying that some of this is our fault. No way. We will not be the scapegoats for the state of underfunded and undersupported education. The title is Teachers Aren't Burnt Out, They're Being Set Up to Fail. While I don't believe or wish to believe that districts and schools would set teachers up deliberately to fail, I do know that much work needs to be done in schools today to provide a higher quality and more equitable education for everyone. While I agree that many, many school districts across the nation could do better, I had a hard time agreeing that we are being deliberately set up to fail. Fail the children of America, the future of our country. The first teacher mentioned works where the mold is painted over instead of being removed, cleaned, and painted. This sounds disgusting, and I believe it's true. Many school buildings are old, built in the 1950s and 1960s. They may have walls or ceilings filled with asbestos from when building codes allowed it. I've taught in two buildings when offices have been annexed off with heavy plastic sheeting while they've needed to reconfigure the front entrances to install security measures. In addition to the unhealthiness of mold, the curriculum lacks the necessary supports for her middle school students. For me, this problem with the curriculum is more pressing because this is something I can do something about. This is within my circle of control. The mold, etc., that might be a union question, might be a maintenance problem. Let's move on. So this is something she can do something about. Districts tend to purchase curriculum based on uh, question, 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 what exactly I couldn't tell you. Price is often a consideration. I've sat on curriculum, um, I don't know what you want to call them, uh, curriculum meetings, uh, boards, or uh, discussions where you pilot programs, you give your opinion about a curriculum, and lo and behold, the decision has already been made. So price is often a consideration. Big data often contributes. This curriculum has proven. Well, all of us who teach know that all children do not learn at the same pace. They do not come with the same ability levels or interest to learn. They do not arrive in school with similar background knowledge. Why bother to teach about MLK Jr. if students don't know our history before him? We've got to fill in. We've got to do that. We need to use our professional judgment in order to teach better. That's why we went to school, to become a professional. An ELA curriculum for elementary discusses social issues of change by athletes. But do students understand the changes that needed to happen? They may not. We need to back it up a little bit. Districts and principals focus on school law, policy, funding, and I'm not sure what else. We are the experts in the classroom on how to use the curriculum with our students. Is teaching stressful? Of course but all work can be stressful. If we're working on trying to program a website or publish an article or get the house roofed before a storm, several events can delay and deter us and cause stress. Teachers work with people, 
living systems, living bodies, often with 25 or more kiddos in a room. The moment-to-moment decisions number in the hundreds. I would never disagree that there is stress in the classroom and often things feel out of control. When it does, we must ask for, we must expect the help that we need. We might need to keep track of when we've asked for help and it hasn't arrived. Um, An example from the classroom. Years ago, we had a kindergartner, new to the building, of course, new to school, and he commonly just eloped from the classroom throughout the day, often while teacher was teaching a small group or had her back turned, otherwise engaged in teaching. Sometimes he stayed in the building. There were one or two times he actually went out the school door. A classroom teacher cannot follow after or they risk what might happen in their absence in their classroom. This did feel like a situation where the teacher was being set up. While many strategies were discussed, the easiest solution would have been to install a bell or alarm on the door. After all, a five-year-old child's safety was at risk, but this solution was not allowed. The article references one of the studies from Penn State University. Researchers describe a cascade of teacher stress falling down to the students as in a waterfall, creating greater stress on students that somehow the troublesome behaviors of students can be linked back to the teacher's ability to manage the classroom and maintain solid relationships. Oh, and don't forget to implement the curriculum that you may not have the resources for. Teachers are not to be blamed for the behavior in the classroom as a result of their own burnout and stress. Children arrive each day at school, fed or not, loved or not, abused or not, cared for or not, academically prepared or not emotionally steady or not. We cannot continue to blame and berate teachers for the failures within classrooms and schools. The article continues with burnout, only now the burnout is a contagion, spreading from teacher to teacher, especially in coworker relationships where teachers have classrooms nearby or perhaps teachers on the same team. I can absolutely see the thinking here. If we have two new teachers, both feeling unsupported, both without strong mentoring relationships, both struggling with classroom management, overly demanding parents, confusing curriculum, and students with severe behaviors, I can see them joining forces as they move toward the end of a school year. We're out of here. I've seen it happen. One teacher next door to the other one left emotionally drained each day and looked for a career in marketing. Was that her first love? Absolutely not. She needed support. She needed help. Another, right next door, had been physically attacked, hit, bit, slapped. She pursued a career in travel. She is now flying the friendly skies of an airline. Here's where I would give you advice to surround yourself with people who can build you up. Many influencers today, because I know many of you at least scroll through Instagram now and then, Kathy Heller, Ed Milet, Rachel Hollis, Ozan Burrell, They will tell you that your inner circle should be those people who encourage you to be your best self. If you love teaching, look for support. Otherwise, you can easily go down the rabbit hole of being discouraged day after day if you don't reach out. Still in the article, a researcher from the University of British Columbia mentioned that teachers experiencing higher levels of burnout had students with higher cortisol levels in the mornings. So are stress teachers creating more behavior problems, spreading high cortisol levels like we spread the flu? Stress teachers are taxing the at-risk students and upsetting their physiological profile. This is hardly fair or even reasonable. Did I tell a student that their father's going to be put in jail? 
Did I tell this student that they need to go live with grandma because I lost my job? Did I tell this student that the family pet is ill and will need to be put to sleep after school today? Did I raise this child to believe they weren't cared about? These situations sound awful, counter to how we would all want children to be raised and loved, but they are occurring, and this is not new. It's been going on for decades. While I believe if we don't take care of ourselves before going to school, we aren't going to be any good for our students during the day, I disagree 100% that we are to take the blame for students who decide to turn over desks, yell obscenities, elope from classrooms, and attack teachers is our fault for upsetting the student's physiological profile. If the teachers are taken care of, the teachers will take care of the students. If you are feeling the burnout, the stress, the overwhelming exhaustion, look for help with an experienced teacher. If you love teaching and cannot see yourself in another profession, surround yourself with strong and caring teachers. Just like real estate, I kind of believe it's a teacher's market because the pressure from society and media has taken away some of the honor and respect for teachers. So few teachers are applying for positions. I think this may empower us to ask for the help we need, to find solutions on our own. There is the cost of time and money for interviews, for references, for second interviews. We have to learn to ask for the help we need. Somehow teachers feel they must walk into their first day, their second week, their third month of school and be 100% ready for what the day holds. We don't call for help. We don't want to be seen as incompetent. But you know what? We don't know what classroom teaching is like until we're there. And we probably are a bit incompetent, even if we're feeling pretty um, confident with what we've learned. But mold, unfamiliar curriculum, severe behaviors, parent emails, too many students, unmet student needs, and a lack of transparency from admin to teachers can make us feel unsupported and incompetent. These issues are outside our circle of control. Our circle of control are the young people in our classes. There are problems, mostly due to money or politics within schools. It's just another place where living bodies come together to, to learn and we come to teach. Uh, this may likely continue and we can't solve the financial and political difficulties outside. That's not our role. I guess what I want you to know is that there are always maybe others or haters who believe we work so little and we earn so much and that we are now contagiously spreading the poor behaviors that all teachers have seen. But if you want to teach, and I believe you do or you wouldn't be listening, focus on the students in front of you. At the end of each day, there will have been problems you couldn't solve with the time or resources you have. Do the best you can and breathe. Those big belly breaths. This simple exercise took me 19 years to learn. I could have used this advice a lot earlier. Hug a child. Tell a child you're glad they're there. Acknowledge a child's new pair of shoes or a haircut. Teach the best you can with the resources you have today. The problems our students have are not our doing. We may, we may not be able to solve the big problems our little people have, but we can be a safe place. We can teach. We can encourage. We can smile. And when all of that isn't enough then we need to ask for help. Thanks for listening. I was a little fired up by this article. Didn't want you all to find this article on your own and ask, are you kidding me? We just can't have that. We just can't have that. We're doing our very best every day. Thanks for listening.